There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Friday Five with me, Liz Earle, beaming across the globe today from my family home in Lycipia, high up in the foothills of Mount Kenya. Very relevant, actually, to today's main topic, as you will discover in just a mo. But first, let's take a look at a bit of news that hit the headlines this week. So, as so many of the more enlightened medics and nutritionists have been saying these past two years, taking vitamin D supplements improves the outcome if you get COVID. Seems so obvious, it's almost not worth repeating, having been banging on about it here for so long. But at least it's good to see some of the solid clinical data finally making it onto the front pages of the mainstream media, including The Times and The Daily Mail and others besides. Well, a new study out of Israel shows that 26% of coronavirus patients died if they were vitamin D deficient, compared to just 3% who had normal levels. Well, that is just a staggeringly significant statistic. What other drug or treatment gives this kind of simple, safe, cheap and beneficial outcome? As I say, staggering. Now, ethnic minorities and those who are overweight are more at risk, showing yet again that the disease is far worse for some sections of society. As we know, these include the very elderly, those already clinically sick and the obese. And the reason why vitamin D levels are lower in those who are overweight is that being fat blocks the absorption of this vitamin. Well, it's technically a hormone, but it's called a vitamin. And that's because it's fat soluble. So the more fat we have inside us, the more it is locked away in excess fat cells and not able to be utilized by our vital organs. So those who are overweight should look into this and consider upping their supplementation as vitamin D plays an absolutely crucial role in the immune system and protecting us against respiratory infection, especially. Now, of course, we also make vitamin D via sunlight on our skin, one reason why corona levels and levels of all flu viruses are lower in the summer and higher right now in the winter months. And it's really important for all kinds of mental health and fitness reasons, but also in terms of our vitamin D supplies to get outside and enjoy some UV rays, even when it's not particularly sunny. And of course, lockdown 
well, lockdowns kept us all well out of the sun, not helpful. Now, some ethnic minorities are also more vulnerable to a deficiency as darker skins synthesize vitamin D from sunshine less effectively, putting those with brown or black skin who live in northern Europe, where there's less sunshine, more at risk than those who live in perhaps their native India or Africa, for example. Well, foods rich in vitamin D are all of animal origin, notably oily fish, egg yolks and liver. So vegans are also at risk of deficiency unless they artificially supplement their diet, which I and leading nutritionists strongly suggest they do. Now, on to another topical matter of the moment, and that is Valentine's Day. Yeah, next Monday, for those who are listening to me in real time, are you expecting a beautiful bright red rose, perhaps, or maybe even a bunch of these natural beauties? Well, if you are, or maybe even if you aren't, but just love flowers that come from florists in general, have you ever spared a thought to consider where they come from? How are they grown? What is the environmental and human impact of where they come from? Well, here now to discuss this and more is Amy Collins of the Fair Trade Foundation, an organisation that I am very proud to be an ambassador for. Do take a listen. Well, a very warm welcome, Amy, and a huge thank you for letting me butt into your Caribbean holiday, which just goes to show that we can truly be transcontinental can't we when it comes to talking about important issues like fair trade flowers so welcome thank you very much thank you now you are somebody who has an amazing job i think and within fair trade and and we'll we'll come to talk about exactly what fair fair trade is and how it is such an extraordinarily beneficial organization but i gather that your main areas of responsibility are flowers and gold is that right Yes, that's correct. Yep. So uh, I've got a lot of the the really fun categories uh, with flowers and gold, uh, particularly obviously at this time of year when we have Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. Yes, most definitely. Well, two categories quite close to my heart, not only because I love botanicals, obviously, um, but I also have a fair trade certified jewellery line. So using fair trade gold. And in fact, just as an aside, I was the first woman Uh, possibly the first European even, down your first fair trade certified Kenyan gold mine a few years ago. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that, Liz. That's that's really interesting. That's that's a whole other story. And I've got got the pictures to prove it. And and it was extraordinary. And, you know, it really brought home to me the incredible impact that fair trade as an organisation has within developing countries and the difference, the absolute tangible difference it makes to real lives. But let's come on to sort of the the frothiness, if you like, of the conversation, which is the wonderful flowers that so many of us are going to be giving and hopefully receiving either on Valentine's Day or perhaps Mother's Day or maybe Easter bonnets or whatever. And I know from being in Kenya that Valentine's Day in particular is kind of the one day of the year when the flower farms make almost 90% of their revenue. I mean, they are totally geared up here to growing red roses. Why is it important when we're looking at buying flowers in the coming days or weeks to look for the fair trade certification? Yeah, so absolutely, obviously, particularly around Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. Um, but you know, year round, uh, sort of fair trade flower farm workers are growing flowers that are mainly exported across to uh, other markets. Uh, and through fair trade, we know that we're sort of helping to ensure respect for the people that grow the flowers and, and for the planet and the environment. Uh, so all of the, the flowers that have the fair trade mark uh, are grown on farms that meet 
really sort of strict environmental, economic and social requirements, uh, which include protections on working conditions and wages uh, and also requirements to really minimise uh, environmental impacts and ensure that uh, flowers are being grown in the most sustainable way possible. Mm. And that actually is is really important. My, my family used to have a home on the shores of Lake Naivasha in Kenya, which is a huge area. I mean, it's totally dominated. If you, if you drive down there now, the lakefront, completely dominated with plastic polytunnels and huge amounts of flowers, many of them actually grown hydroponically now, you know, without their roots in the soil. And there has been just environmental catastrophes with the pollution of the lake and the reduction of the water supply. And it's, you know, it really is an an ongoing hazard. And I've also visited some of the fair trade flower farms further up country in the foothills of Mount Kenya, for example, where I'm actually talking to you from today. And there the roses are grown in the ground under natural light so they're not using fossil fuels to artificially heat and light the plants they're literally just growing as nature intended under the sunlight and then they're hand-picked so there's very little mechanization so again that's cutting down the, the carbon footprint of the flower process and they've got such interesting things like um, little bugs that eat the other bugs or deter the bugs so they're using a lot of bio pesticides if you like rather than spraying flowers with toxic chemicals they're kind of using elements of the food chain if you like to to protect the flowers and I know that's all part that environmental impact is all very much part of the fair trade audit isn't it? It is yeah so all of the the fair trade standards I think it's 25% of the the criteria uh, now cover environmental measures uh, and exactly as you said there Liz you know that includes things like sustainable water use uh, looking at how water is irrigated looking at waste management looking very much at that integrated pest management and pest control and then having sort of uh, restrictions and regulation on the use of pesticides and any hazardous chemicals um, and we know that flower farms are really invested in sort of trying to make their production as sustainable and as environmental friendly as possible uh, and you mentioned the the Lake Navasha region uh, we actually have flower farms around there that have founded something called the Lake Navasha Growers Group uh, and they're really actively promoting conservation of the natural resources in that area. Uh, we've also had several farms that have managed to obtain their their carbon neutral certification it's it's really a, a key issue within flowers and something that yeah fair trade takes takes really uh, really strongly um, on the sort of climate angle that's it's a really interesting point and one of the things we often sort of get asked about is you know the the sort of air uh, air freight of flowers coming in from uh, from other regions uh, and I think you know a few things are, are quite sort of important to note uh, one is that and I think a lot of consumers don't know this um, but around 80% of the the flowers sold in Europe are actually imported um, yeah. so yeah, a lot of flowers are yeah. coming in mm-hmm. um, and if we then look at sort of, you know, uh, flowers from somewhere like Kenya and Ethiopia, uh, on average, actually, our, our fair trade flowers grown in those areas uh, have a lower um, climate impact or carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a study back in 2018 that found that they had a, a five and a half times lower greenhouse gas emission and actually a six and a half times lower um, energy demand and that's because uh, you know exactly as you outlined Liz that in you know if they're grown in artificial greenhouses in uh, 
uh, in Europe, then they, you know there's a big sort of energy demand for the the heating and the lighting, uh, and the conditions in you know East Africa obviously are, are much more suitable uh, for for growing really high quality flowers. Absolutely right, and I think that's so true. And you know I see the holds of the planes that are in the air bringing in business, trade, tourists, etc., which is so vital for particularly developing countries. And as they come in, they they get sort of unloaded with all the you know passenger baggage or whatever, and then they fly out again. And you know these planes are in the air anyway, so fill the hold full of flowers, as you say, grown incredibly sustainably. And that's a really interesting point, isn't it? That eighty percent of our flowers in the UK are imported in any case. And when you think about the fragility of flowers, the logistics of that means that they're going to be trucked across Europe in refrigerated containers pumping out fossil fuel emissions and all the rest of it so far more sustainable it's such an interesting take I think to to look at I guess you could call it fair miles rather than air miles and you know when you sort of drill down and say actually what does this really mean because it's just so easy to think oh you know I'm going to boycott you know anything that comes in from from Africa but then of course leading on from that I think is the much broader and I think more important discussion about humanitarian aid and support. And we're talking about people who are literally destitute without this form of income. You know, here I'm keenly aware that there is no social security network. There is no safety net. Um, you know, you, you have to pay for absolutely everything. There's no health care. If you don't work, you don't have any money. There's no support at all that comes from the government. And, you know, being truly poor is just devastating. You, you are literally living in the dirt with nothing. And it's so important that we, you know, we lift our brothers and sisters across the globe, separated only by chance of birth and, you know, a couple of thousand miles. And by giving them these this revenue, it is it is life changing. So, talk us through what fair trade does, because I know there's an awful there's an awful lot of exploitation that can go on in developing countries, particularly within farming. And that's something that you're very keen to address, isn't it? To actually pay workers fairly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, really key for for fair trade, and uh, I think most people are, are familiar with the the you know the sort of fair trade mark and the work we do in in commodities like tea and coffee and bananas and cocoa um, but less people I think uh, see the the same relevance when we we talk about things like flowers and, and gold um, and as you say Liz you know the same kind of exploitation and challenging circumstances uh, apply to to farm workers um, at, well, across the world um, so when we look at, at flowers you know we we in a lot of the countries that we're talking about so so Kenya Ethiopia Uganda and Tanzania um, you know, sort of the situation for workers there is is quite poor. Many are living at sort of um, you know below the World Bank poverty line, uh, and this is something that that fair trade works really hard to try to to address. So again, through the the standards, we work to ensure that there are a good uh, and safe working conditions. Uh, we try to ensure there are policies that protect workers, particularly on things like um, maternity uh, and sort of health and safety. Uh, and then on the wage issue, we actually, for the first, it was the first fair trade standard that uh, introduced a, a floor wage uh, for flower farm workers, and that was introduced at a level of one ninety. 
dollars per day um, adjusted for each country uh, and that was to mirror the World Bank poverty line which to be honest is, is still very very low yeah. um, but what we saw was when we introduced that requirement for fair trade certified farms it had a big impact on the flower workers salaries so in Uganda, it actually increased salaries by around 120%. Oh my um, that's because the so Uganda's minimum wage was actually set at, at half of the, the World Bank poverty line. Uh, if we look at Ethiopia, in Ethiopia, there was no minimum wage. Uh, so when the fair trade floor wage was introduced, uh, that increased salaries by around 75% for, for workers on mm-hmm. those fair trade certified farms. Um, so, so it's a good first step. But it, but it is only a first step, and you know I think we we'd agree that you know one ninety dollars a day is not it's not a, a living wage, no. it's not a, a good salary, no. uh, and so at fair trade, yeah, we're we're very committed to continuing to work to increase that uh, and to try and achieve you know true living wages for for all of our our farmers and workers. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That that's that's astonishing. I mean, can you imagine it? One dollar ninety cents a day, and you've actually increased that by such a huge percentage. I mean, it is absolutely shocking. And I know there is a ripple effect as well because obviously flower farms are only part of the agricultural setup in developing countries. And I think people will then look at other crops being grown and other conditions. And very often flower farmers own other forms of agriculture as well. And hopefully that just sort of that ripple effects lift everybody. And you mentioned their maternity. And to be honest, you know, being a working woman out in the fields in a developing country is no joke. 
and previously there's been no cover for maternity, for postnatal, you know, breaks for breastfeeding, nothing like that. And I, and I know that again, that's all part of it. So you are you're so supportive of, of women. And I think flowers are such a feminine thing, aren't they? Such an association with femininity. We really do need to think so carefully about how we can support our fellow sisterhood across the globe through something as simple and as lovely as flowers, just making sure that it isn't uh, isn't toxic and, and tainted with anything um, anything unwanted. Let's get on to a topical subject now. How were your farms and your workers affected by COVID-19 and, and did Fairtrade have to step in to help here? Yeah, uh, so this was was a, a big impact. I mean, you know, I guess across all supply chains, there there was big disruption uh, and sort of real real challenges. But flowers were were particularly hard hard hit. Uh, so we actually saw a lot of the flower farm sales dropping to less than twenty percent of their normal levels, uh, and that was because obviously a lot of markets in Europe uh, and across the world closed. You know, non-essential shops shut down, and things like uh, weddings and celebrations just weren't happening. Uh, uh, so there was there was no demand for the the flowers. Uh, we saw many of the workers having to take leave from the flower farms due to reduced staffing. Uh, some had to take leave because the schools closed and they needed to provide childcare. Um, we also saw many of the farms having to throw away uh, and discard you know massive volumes of of mm. the flowers that they produced because they just couldn't uh, couldn't sort of sell them. So it, it was a really difficult time for for the workers, um, and that's where the the fair trade premium um, and sort of the the fair trade support I think was it was really critical. Uh, so the the premium is an additional sum of money that is paid on top of the purchase price of flowers, uh, and the workers are then able to choose how they invest that uh, and normally they would invest that in projects that benefit themselves and their communities and during sort of the peak covid time uh, the fair trade system provided some more flexibility uh, to really sort of encourage that premium to be used to directly support uh, the flower farms and their workers and so we actually saw more than half a million euros in fair trade premium being used to provide things like food packages vouchers uh, masks disinfectant and soap uh, as well as cash to those workers uh, to, to provide kind of a lifeline uh, through that that really challenging time uh, in total I think across 2020 uh, the fair trade system provided more than 1 million euros uh, to support flower farms uh, and obviously you know only able to do that because of uh, our sort of commercial partners and the consumers that are, are choosing to buy fair trade um, so yeah it, it was really really critical for, for those flower farms during that that difficult time that's extraordinary. Those numbers are, are seriously impressive and how incredibly heartwarming to know that if you are buying flowers or you get given a, a, a bunch, if you're lucky, lucky enough to receive a bouquet in the coming days and weeks and you see that little fair trade logo, it'll just give you that extra warm, fuzzy feeling knowing that some real tangible benefit and some real good has been done from it. It's uh, it, it, it's just so important. And I think what I love about fair trade, and I guess talking more generally here and why I'm so proud to be an ambassador for, for the organisation, is this idea that it supports people and it supports the community and the environment. And it really is just a win-win for everybody. And it is about this levelling up. It's about this fairness. You know, fair being fair is, is right at the heart of everything you do, this whole kind of social justice piece. And for those who aren't aware, this, this fair trade premium that you spoke about, 
it's it's a small amount because it's it's paid on the the cost price isn't it that you pay to 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 the farmers um but it actually makes a big difference i think is it am i right in saying it's 10% of the value of their crop yeah so it's the 10% on top and and as you say you know uh, on an individual stem level uh, that's quite small but it's it's at scale that it starts to have that that big difference mm. uh, so if we look at you know sort of uk sales uh, of fair trade flowers in 2020 uh, we sold 93 million stems as fair trade uh, and that generated around 700,000 uh, pounds in in premium uh, so again you know it's it's very much this uh, yeah by bringing everyone together and yeah. by making you know that choice when you're buying uh, it does have that direct contribution that yeah across all of the fair trade stems that are sold really does generate you know sort of a good a good additional pot that, that the workers can invest and the nice thing is that workers choose uh, what to invest in um, and so that can be all sorts of different projects that, that really benefit um, you know them, their families and their communities. Uh, we see quite often that they choose to invest in things like uh, education. So that might be bursaries and scholarships to support children to go to school and even to university. Uh, it can be in things like adult education so that workers can develop new skills and move into, uh, you know, sort of uh, higher skilled uh, jobs and positions. Um, and then, you know, things like healthcare. So again, around that uh, Lake Navasha region, uh, many of the farms contributed to a, a maternity hospital uh, that now I think it's 600 babies every month uh, are sort of born oh in that goodness. hospital. Really? The, Just in yeah. that one region? That's astonishing. Yeah. How incredible. And, and there were very few facilities before that. So very often women are giving exactly. birth at home in a little hut with no access to, to sanitation, decent facilities, pain relief, you know, any of that. So that's astonishing. Exactly. What an amazing difference yeah. you're making. Definitely. Yeah. And and as I say, it's all, you know, we're, we're able to do that because of people really making that that choice when they're when they're buying. Um, so, yeah, really important. Just incredible. Well, I just hope that everybody is is truly inspired to really think and maybe drop some hints as well if they know that perhaps they might be in, in for uh, receiving something lovely on the 14th or perhaps uh, next month in, on, on Mother's Day. So on a practical level then, for people in the UK, where can we buy fair trade flowers? Who are your, who are your big buyers? I'm really happy to give a shout out commercially to, to support the guys who are supporting you. Oh, great. No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, so the great thing is that, that fair trade flowers are available at most of the, the big UK retailers uh, so co-op Audi M&S Lidl and Asda um, then there's some online florists like Arena uh, are really big guys that, that do a lot of work Brilliant. with fair trade uh, and we've recently started working with with florists as this is quite new for us um, and this is actually starting to bring in roses from farms in Ecuador uh, so sort of a different origin uh, at present, we have lavender green flowers, uh, who are based in Windsor and London. I know them. I've, I, I was sent uh, some lavender green flowers before I left the UK. They were absolutely beautiful. Amazing. Yeah, really, really lovely. They're doing some, some really nice fair trade roses. Uh, and I think they've got, um, yeah, a sort of special bouquet for Valentine's Day as well. Um, but yeah, we're really keen to expand fair trade flowers and make them even more available. So mm. uh, yeah, we're actively looking for more florists to, to join up as well. Great. So if there are any florists listening and they're thinking this is totally up my alley, how do they go about sourcing them? Yeah. So at the moment, we're partnering with a wholesaler called Fluoromets uh, and then we sort of work with them to do all of the operational side. Uh, so for a florist, they would just source 
uh, from them directly uh, and would then be able to sort of talk about um, fair trade and you know the impact that they're making um, and if they want more information on that uh, they can reach out to uh, flowers at fairtrade.org.uk very simply uh, we have a flower specific uh, email address um, so yeah definitely if there's any florists out there please do get in touch Fantastic. Amy, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Really enlightening and so very timely and important, I think, to uh, to raise this to front of mind at the moment. Thank you. I do apologise for butting into your holiday. And I know it's very early in the morning because it's reasonably early here in Kenya. So it must be kind of almost before dawn where you are. We so appreciate it. I hope you get to enjoy the rest of your time and uh, and come back to a super, super busy time for the world of fair trade flowers in the in the days and weeks ahead wonderful thank you liz and no it's been it's been a joy to, to join and speak with you and yeah just really pleased to to get the message out that um yeah people have have a choice and people can choose fair trade absolutely well all very enlightening and i do hope that if you're listening to this in real time just before valentine's day you'll make it known that fair trade flowers are perhaps the ones to be bought and given with the most love well that's just about it for today's episode thank you very much for all your kind feedback comments and questions across all our social media channels don't forget we are widely accessible across all the usual suspects from instagram to facebook youtube pinterest twitter even newly on tiktok too so until the next time we chat go well bye-bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.